Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I am Karen. I'm so glad you joined me today. Today's podcast episode is titled, I Heard That. (laughs) So I'm really glad you joined me. It's been a while since I've put one out. I think I keep saying that. I'm, I'm down to one a month and I should be getting up to two a month and three a month before long. I have been inspired and I'm writing more and I really appreciate uh, everybody who has their patient hat on when it comes to me in my podcast. So I hope that it still inspires you. I'm just glad to be able to share things that God puts on my heart. And today it's, I heard that. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with hearing, uh, hearing aids, listening to music, nothing like that. It has to do with cattle calls and being corralled and well, hurting. <laughs> H-E-R-D. I-N-G. So let me start off though by sharing with you a pod quote because that's my business and that's what I like to do. And that means I'm sharing a quote, a scripture, or a tidbit of something that makes me think or sometimes it makes me sigh. Sometimes it makes me sad. Sometimes it makes me happy, but it's always something I need to hear and take in. And so I like to share those things with you. And today's quote is by George S. Patton. We heard sheep. We drive cattle. We lead people. Lead me, follow me, or get out of my way. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that. I love it so much. We herd sheep. We drive cattle. We lead people. Lead me, follow me, or get out of my way. I love that. Uh, It has a bit to do with today's podcast. Um, So on with that. For those of you who don't know me well, I feel compelled to inform you that I love animals all kinds of animals, all kinds of creatures, great and small, but not the little like slimy, (laughs) I better scratch that. (laughs) Not all the little slimy, spidery, snaky, ant flea, icky, little slimy things. Um, I don't like those. No offense, God. I know you made them for a purpose, but I don't love all of them, but I do love most animals with fur. And that includes the cows in the field next door to my house, although they're not really fuzzy and furry, but still they are animals and I love them. I love these cows. I call them my cows. I kind of joke around behind their back that I've named them T-Bone, Porter, and Moo Moo, but don't tell them that because they might get offended and they love me and don't judge me for that because I do eat steak, but no, I I, I don't want to offend them. I really do love these cows, uh, and I know it's different cows each season, but I kind of block that out of my mind. If they look a little different or there's more of them or fewer of them, I don't want to know where they went, especially if they went to my dinner plate. So anyway, I still love them. Um, now it's to the point, though, that every season, whichever cows are out there, they learn that I have a routine. They know when I'll be out on the deck in the morning to let the dog out and, of course, talk to them. Because rain, snow, sleet, or shine, I'm there. And I talk to my cows in the morning. More than one time, these cows have rammed the fence to get out and ended up in the middle of our little country road, though. Uh, Unfortunately, at certain times of the week, our road has a bit of traffic, even though we're out in the country, because we're a cut through through, uh, for a local church from one main road to another. Um, and if by chance there's anyone from that church tuning in right now, slow it down. This isn't NASCAR, you Christian, crazy, sinful drivers. Okay. Back to the podcast. All right. So the cows being in the road, as you can well imagine, 
is a little bit of an inconvenience, especially to people uh, cutting through when there's a little bit of traffic. So I learned sometime last year when a person came and knocked on my door to inform me that my cows were out in the road and that I needed to do something about it, that um, even though they aren't really my cows, I can actually do something about it if they get out in the road. And uh, it, it was actually kind of a good day for me, even though it wasn't for the cows and it wasn't for the people in the road, <laughs> because I let this person know that the cows actually were not mine, that they belonged to the man who owns the farm a few miles behind us. It just, it just happens that this upper pasture runs night, right next to our house. So certain times of the day and certain seasons, they're all over beside our house. So I love having the cows there, but I get so a little bit aggravated when people don't have patience over them getting in the road. So the first time the cows got out on this day, um, it was because when I went outside and I walked down the road, um, the reason I got upset was because when I walked down the road, there were four or five people who had gotten out of their cars and they were in the road yelling at the cows, trying to get them to go whichever way they wanted him to go, thinking this was the best way or that was the best way. And, and one guy was actually sitting in his truck honking his horn. And I'm thinking, excuse me, people, but all you're doing is frightening them. You're not helping them. You're not encouraging them to go the right direction. You're just confusing them. I mean, they're getting one thing after another from different people, plus the car uh, or truck horn honking. And one calf got so scared that it charged through the barbed wire and got caught for a few minutes in the barbed wire. And I I was so upset over it. Oh, it it really made me mad. So I just yelled all of a sudden in the middle of the road, stop, <laughs> as loud as I could. And everyone looked at me and they did. I mean, they stopped. Um, but, you know, I think they thought, oh, she must be the owner, even though I wasn't. So I pretended I was. <laughs> and I started to call the cows and talk to them like I do every morning from my deck. Good morning, neighbor cows. How are you today? And when they heard my voice, they all literally just stopped and they turned and looked at me. There were about eight of them that had gotten out in the road. And since they stopped and stared at me, I decided to keep talking to them just like I do every day. Okay, neighbor cows, I love you. Come on, follow me. You got to go back to your pasture. Come on. And as I'm talking to them, they're starting to walk my way. And so I just turned and kept walking, talking to them and they followed me. I walked on faith because they perked up and since they were moving my way, I just kept doing it. I kept talking to them and then I turned and walked down the road towards our house and as I talked to them, every single one of them followed me. I got them back up into our yard and which is where they had broken out part of the fence and they went right back through the broken fence and back to where they belonged. And to this day, when they get out in the road, I can go out there and herd them right back to where they belong as long as I can figure out where they got out. So now I, yes, this is a true story. <laughs> now I call it COVID lockdown brain sometimes, but maybe it's just because I have a simple mind or whatever, but I take great pleasure in knowing that the cows will follow me when I call them. But I do also have a confession. <laughs> I have recently realized that I might be part of the reason they keep wanting to get out of their pasture because just yesterday I was outside in the afternoon and I heard this clang, clang, clang. I walked over near that end of the property and I saw three cows trying to bust through the fence to get into our yard. Um, <laughs> so I had to nicely, I actually scolded them and told them to stop and which they did. And, uh, 
So that was kind of cool, but I, I think I might be part of the problem now instead of uh, just a help to the situation. So if the owner of that cattle farm is listening, please don't be mad at me. I love your cows. Um, but I have a friend who calls me Dr. Doolittle, and she has for years. It's just kind of a gift. Animals listen to me. People may not listen to me, but animals do listen to me and do what I tell them to do. So I know people think I have mad cow disease, but this is part of my life that I enjoy right now. Maybe my life is limited, but I do have some things that I still enjoy. And last Saturday, I took the opportunity to sleep in and the cows actually woke me up in the morning. They were mooing like crazy. They woke my husband and I up and um, they kept mooing until I went outside onto the deck and talked to them. So, hey, who needs a rooster or an alarm clock? I have cows. I have neighbor cows who love me and want to make sure that... uh, I get up in the morning and do what I'm supposed to do. So yes, that's a true story. Um, so as my brain works, this COVID brain, all this bovine imagery took me the other day to a place where I was thinking about how God inspires me. Yes, even through cows, you can be inspired. I'm not comparing myself to a cow, by the way. So don't send me comments on how I shouldn't insult myself to or refer to myself as a cow. This is not a commentary on the way I look or my self-esteem or about the fact that I gained weight during COVID. This is about how God wants us to deal with other people. And I'm getting there. All the pieces will wonderfully fall together for you in a minute. But when I think about how these people reacted in the road, by screaming, honking their horns, jumping up and down and yelling to try to get the attention of these AWOL cows, I think about how people have treated me over the years when they wanted me to understand something spiritual or biblical or even just their opinion on something. Sometimes they're pushy or even mean and they get up in my face and they want to debate or argue if I don't see their side to something or I don't understand what they want me to understand in a theological way. Or they try to push their denominational rituals and precepts on me. Or, and maybe this happens to you too, they try to sway you to believe something that is not in the Bible, and you know it's not in the Bible. They honk their proverbial, I know more than you do, horns, and attempt to frighten you into going this way or that way, or making this decision or making that decision. But thankfully for me, it hasn't worked, and I pray that it never does. I don't care much about denominations. I don't care about traditions that are not mine. Have them. They're yours. I don't care what clothes you say you want to wear to church or what you should or shouldn't wear to church. That's your business. What kind of music you sing in your church versus mine or if if you worship your music, um, you worship music and worship God by raising your hands or sitting down or dancing, whatever it is that you want to do. Those are not eternal issues. Those are not deep theological issues. So I don't want to get into arguments about those. The Bible says we're, we're not supposed to argue about those things. And, and you know, those are personal choices. What I care about is the word of God and truth. So I won't argue. I won't be pressed. I'm not going to be pushed or prodded or frightened into believing that, that what someone else says I should do, um, I should do, or I, and I don't want to be poked and pushed to join something that I don't feel led by the Holy Spirit to join. It, it makes you feel like one of those cows on it, either being herded or on a cattle drive, like you're being pushed and, and hollered at and yelled to go this way or go this way. So I've also seen 
other very well-meaning Christian folks act like they're herding or driving cattle when they want to get the attention of someone they're trying to talk to about Christ. It's not just been directed at me before. I've seen other people do it. They get impassioned, but so impassioned that they go beyond persistence and perseverance to being pushy and even ganging up on people. That is not the way to plant seeds or help seeds grow in someone you care about or even in a stranger. Most people don't respond well to feeling intimidated, frightened, or pushed into religious and spiritual spiritual truths. When you encase truth with a frighteningly harsh and pushy tone, all you're doing is pushing someone away. You haven't fed them with anything spiritually nourishing. Instead, you feed them with fear. And fear does not sustain people. It does not help them. If you have to to feed them with truth um, and the love of Jesus Christ to get them to come along to where they should be, then that's what you have to do. Truth and the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible says we have to do. But I think a lot of times we get it messed up. Sometimes out of out of a, a good purpose or, or a good motivation or well-meaning, but we go overboard. It's a very human thing to do. I remember one time we visited a new church and they made me feel like the cows in the road must have felt when the strangers were out there yelling at them, honking their horns and trying to get them to go back into the pasture. While some of those people had the best interests of the cows in mind, they were going all about it the wrong way. And some of those people only had their own interests in mind. Let's be real. They were probably in a hurry and they were aggravated. They weren't concerned about the safety of the cows or how and to help anybody else around them. They just wanted to get to where they needed to go. So it was very self-centered. Um, so at this church, um, that I'm talking about that we went to visit, they should have read my pod quote by George Patton. We herd sheep, we drive cattle, we lead people, lead me, follow me or get out of my way because we felt like sheep getting ready to be sheared or cows in a herding operation. Seriously, we had pulled into this parking lot and before we even got out of our car, there were people in matching t-shirts who approached our car they opened the car doors for us and they stuck their hands out to say hello and welcome us, which, okay, that's fine. But they walked our entire family from the car to the building and gave us a huge spiel about the church along the way. I felt like we were prisoners in, you know, being escorted by police officers from one place to another. I mean, come on. Besides that, everybody knows, and if you don't, I'm here to inform you right now, everybody should know that you don't immediately approach a woman when she gets out of her car. You give her a minute. Am I right? Hello, especially if you're wearing a skirt and Spanx. I mean, women need wedgie and bra adjustment time when they get out of a car. Thank God for car doors. The whole purpose there are car doors is not just so that we don't fall out of a car, but so women can stand behind them to wiggle, adjust, and get garments in place once we get out of the car before we let other people see us. Okay, how do we do that if you approach the car and open the car door for us and we don't have that moment to adjust ourselves? So remember that you are listening. Let a woman get adjusted before you approach her at the car. Because here we were surrounded by people and I walked with a limp all the way to the door. Not because my leg hurt, but because I had things invading spaces that should not be invading spaces. Because (laughs) I had intimate apparel getting too intimate with me (laughs) before I got to the church because I didn't have my time behind the door. So there's that. It did not start out well. And so as we got to the lobby door, we were handed off 
to a few different people who were in more matching t-shirts who were there to open the door, say hello, let us know how welcome we are, and to tell us how much Jesus loves us, which is great. But then as we got in the building, yet another group of people in matching t-shirts, these t-shirt addicts apparently, uh, they approached us and we were handed off to them. So they made sure we knew we could get coffee and donuts and they showed us where the restrooms were. And I quickly, inexplicably, I had to go potty, which really was not the truth. I had to go unwedgie that which was wedgied that I could not attend to earlier. So I was never so glad to take my daughter's hand and shuffle off to a bathroom. And later my husband whispered to me, don't ever do that to me again. And I I whispered back, no problem. But next time you wear the Spanx and the bra. (laughs) He just looked at me like I was crazy because he had no idea what I was talking about. But anyway, sadly, as soon as we got out of that bathroom, there was yet another person in one of those matching blue t-shirts to walk us to the sanctuary to meet up with a whole bunch of other people in t-shirts. And let me just say here, it's very disconcerting when you walk right out of the bathroom to have someone in your face. And I mean, right there. Come on. It's a bit awkward knowing that someone is outside that door just waiting for your tinkle time to be over so they can pounce on you. (laughs) And And it just went on from there. It was one person after another making sure that we knew we were loved. Or maybe that was their intent, but it more felt like they were doing this, making sure that we didn't step outside the expected routine or making sure we didn't have one second of downtime when we were there to discuss anything. Making sure we were corralled and herded in the right direction. Like we were frightened into staying where they wanted us to stay while we were there the entire time in their building. You know, we don't really know the real reasons that they did this. These people thought this kind of behavior was good though, but they were misguided because it was not good and it did not feel loving. Within the first 15 minutes of being in the parking lot and eventually seated in the sanctuary, we were told numerous times that we could join the church and be baptized that very day. And we were given a litany and specific rundown of their upcoming events for every age group under the sun. I felt like one of those cows. People coming at me from every direction trying to get me corralled and moved this way or that way. And I think back on it now and I just wish I had worn black and white that day and mooed loudly every now and then. (laughs) Because that's what I felt like. My husband would have hated it, but at least there would have been something I enjoyed that morning besides going to the bathroom and rearranging my intimate apparel. So there was no time to casually and peacefully talk at this church or to really genuinely meet anyone. Prayer time made me feel like if I closed my eyes and bowed my head, some t-shirt clad person might pounce on me. I prayed with one eye open, literally. (laughs) So we were corralled from one place to another throughout the entire morning, including as we left and they escorted us to the car. Like they were afraid we were going to go steal a coffee cup or a napkin or take one of their t-shirts. I don't know. It was very strange. And when we drove out of the parking lot, there were four or five people in these blue t-shirts standing by the road, waving and yelling, Jesus loves you. And so do we, we hope to see you at service tonight. Needless to say, we decided to go eat some hay, chew some cud and move our way home instead of eat out that day. And we didn't go back. (laughs) We were tired of people at that point. We felt like we were being corralled and let out to be slaughtered. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but probably not because even our kids made comments on the way home. What was wrong with those people? They were following us around everywhere and trying to tell us what to do. 
out of the mouths of babes at the time, right? I can't even say that right. Out of the mouths of babes. I mean, it was very strange. And I know that there was probably a good purpose behind it. But um, it was extremely misguided. So my question is, thanks to God and the inspiration from my new neighbor cows, um, is that what we're doing to other people? We, as in we, the body of Christ, this is what I was thinking about the other day. Are we going around trying to corral people and herd them and make them feel like they're being pushed and prodded and led to the slaughter? I pray not, but I do know what happens. I don't share this to say that I, I think we should walk on eggshells all the time when we're trying to share God and the word of Jesus Christ with someone. I don't think we should be worried about how passionate we are. Or dumb down or water down the word of God or lie about the truth. But I ask, are we covering up the truth by treating other people as if they're cattle who need to be herded in one direction or another? Like they're too dumb to to choose on their own or another way, um, pushing them this way or that way? Like like we have to keep them safe? I'd say, yes, we, we are the sheep, according to the Bible. But we're not the shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. But does our human exuberance for showing people who God is sometimes get in the way? And even more so, does some misguided need to fill the pews with warm butts get in the way of ministering to people? And does that desire draw us closer to people pleasing and lifting ourselves up as icons rather than lifting up the word of God through reaching out and reaching in and digging deep? Are we being a stumbling block? Because I'm afraid maybe sometimes in the past I have been. I try really hard not to be. Sometimes I can get really excited about the Bible and and God. And I think that's a great thing. But I don't want to push it in somebody else's face. But let me tell you this. If we weren't already Christians and didn't know God, that whole experience of visiting that church when we did would have made me think long and hard about whether or not I really wanted to go to another church at all and wanted to be a part of that. Matthew four nineteen says that Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. We're supposed to fish for people, cast out a line, and peacefully wait. Have you ever been fishing? That's what happens. I mean, give them something they want, truth. That's, that's the bait. It's just nourishment. It's truth. Do you see fishermen and women standing on the shore, shouting and waving flags, yelling and screaming at the fish to try to get them to swim their way so they can catch them in a net and bring them in? No, you don't. You don't see them on on big boats stomping up and down in matching t-shirts trying to get the fish to jump in the boat because it doesn't work. So when we herd and drive people like cattle, are we clouding their ability to know and to see the truth because we're forcing, pushing and prodding them along and all they end up seeing is us instead of God? Are we dressing alike, wearing matching, matching t-shirts to show conformity and uniformity instead of walking the walk we were each giving and letting people just naturally see the testimony that we're living, the testimony of who we are in the Lord by how we deal with this journey we're on and how we deal with life's stress and the good and the bad? Because that, my friends, is what reaches other people. We, the body of Christ, God's people, We don't have to wear matching t-shirts or offer coffee at the door of the church to be the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. 
So as you build the church, it's built by people who have come to the Lord and who are seeking the Lord. It's coming together and coming together is, is meant to be done for us to build the church and to grow the body of Christ. I mean, what is the church? The church consists of God's people. It is the assembly of believers in Jesus Christ. The physical buildings facilitate the fellowship and worship and ministry of God's people, but the building is not the church. The matching t-shirts, the coffee, the band with tattooed arms and ripped jeans, the pastor with the biker jacket or the three-piece suit, and t the, the tie-on with the serious elders wearing condemnation on their faces, that is not the church. The early Christian church was persecuted, so they couldn't even meet the way many of us do now. And in fact, Christians did not congregate in large physical buildings. They met in secret in each other's homes. That's what happens today in a lot of countries around the world where it's illegal and dangerous to meet in groups. Christians have to hide so they can hold church together. So all those other things that we put value on, that's not the church. That's not being the church. That's not planting seeds. It's cool. It might make people feel welcome. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it doesn't get in the way of us reaching people with the love of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that there were where that were two or more gathered in his name, that he is there in the midst of us. Most of the time that verse is used to describe praying together, but that's not specified in the Bible. It means in all gatherings, church included, big church, small church, in-home churches, hidden churches, where two or more are gathered in his name, he's there in the midst of them. But sometimes we get it all mixed up. We think we need to provide the latest and greatest of everything modern and magical to draw people in. And it's not true. You know, when I was a youth pastor, I got a lot of guff from parents and grandparents in this one congregation when I started my first, uh, started the job there. And in that first few months, whoo, boy, did I hear a whole lot of complaints. The youth were used to getting together to play video games all the time. And the previous youth pastor allowed the youth to come in on Sunday mornings play video games for about 20 minutes and goof off before trying to hold Sunday school. Well, I cut that out the very first Sunday I was there. <laughs> I got loads of complaints from parents, but not one complaint from a youth. In fact, my youth Sunday school class grew by leaps and bounds. Yeah, we provided coffee, cocoa, and donuts and fruit sometimes on Sunday mornings, but a lot of the kids in the area actually didn't get any breakfast because they were from families that were broken and didn't have a lot of money. So we would feed them before Sunday school. But the youth weren't coming for food. And they weren't coming for video games or the latest and greatest music. They were coming because they got something they were actually thirsty and hungry for. They got to learn about God. They got to be loved on. They got told the truth, whether they wanted to hear it or not. They got to hear what the Bible says about their life and what it means. They got prayed for and prayed over, and they were given love. One youth told me one time that he had never, ever been to church where he actually learned something and felt peaceful because all they ever did was try to give him free food, free clothes, and fun through video games and music and outings, and he said he could get that anywhere. He said he could get that stuff anywhere. So he was going to churches where he was being fed with everyday things instead of the Word of God. Yeah, I mean, we did fun things too. In fact, we had a whole lot of fun. But those fun times were not the study times. The, the, the cookouts, the mission trips, the crazy games we made up to play in the hot, hot summers, uh, you know, they were not held while we were in church or in Bible study. And before long, we went from four youth to 12 youth to 42 youth in less than a year, showing up on Sunday mornings, 
in Sunday school. We had adults leaving their Sunday school classes to come to the youth Sunday school class to see what in the world was going on. And all that was going on was we were sharing Jesus Christ. We were sharing the Bible and real life, how God affects our real life. And we were sharing love. And that wasn't me. I say my Sunday school class, it wasn't me. And and it wasn't t-shirts or bags of food. And we weren't pushing, prodding or shining bright lights and instilling fear. It was the Holy Spirit because that's what the truth does when it's shared straight up, no yelling, no screaming, no honking horns and trying to force someone to go this way or that because we think they should. But just sharing the truth, love and planting seeds, no bull, (laughs) just simple leading. So someone who desires to follow will know which way to go. So I pray that what I shared with you today, you heard with an open heart and spiritual discernment. I'm sorry I had to do it. (laughs) I hope you heard it and it penetrated your heart. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry. It's just one of those things. I can't help it. It's like those bad dad jokes. (coughs) Now I'm getting all choked up. Excuse me. Anyway, I pray that what I shared with you today, you heard it with an open heart and spiritual discernment. This is the Woman Inspired Podcast, and I'm really glad that you joined me. Please feel free to comment, like, share, follow me on Instagram at One Woman Inspired. That's the number one woman inspired and you can find me on uh, my website at womaninspired.com or karenmccracken.com either way I'll be there and um, I hope to, to hear from you again thank you so much for joining me I pray that today you're not a stumbling block to someone else um, but that your passion and your love for God will help you just plant seeds and that you will be uh, a fisher of men in a peaceful way And not frighten anybody away from the love of Jesus Christ.